Many people in our culture today, with the advent of this anti-Christian perspective in this very post-Christian world, America is post-Christian in many ways. California is post-post-and-a-half Christian. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, and, and many who don't live here and experience it don't quite get it. And, and that's okay. But I have conversations with other clergy all the time and, and, and other people. And they kind of like their, eye, their eyes get big. And, and on our recruiting trip for St. Andrews College, you know, I'd say, well, we're from Northern California, that other state. It's very different, but it is still very post-post-and-a-half Christian, even up here. Even those that might be more conservative, politically, socially, etc. Their question will be, who is Jesus, and why does it matter? And this is the question that our epistle and gospel lesson answer, lessons answer today. How not to respond to those questions and what God promises for a good response is seen in the Old Testament lesson, right? And what our response to the answers to those questions should be is given in our Psalter lesson this morning. Who is Jesus? Well, he made it very clear in our gospel lesson. Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is claiming to be God Almighty. And the Jews knew it. For of course they are picking up stones to cast at him. For he has blasphemed in their eyes. Claiming to be God. Why does it matter? This is an important question. Please pay attention. Why does it matter that Jesus is God? The writers of the Hebrews tells us a little bit more about who Jesus is and why it matters. That's our epistle lesson. After talking about the old covenant temple and the furniture in the temple and the actions of the priest, our author of this letter to the Hebrew people then says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is not of this creation. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. And he is of the same essence as God the Father and God the Holy Ghost. So it is fair to say that Jesus is God, but we can also say that Jesus is our high priest. It matters that Jesus is very God of very God, as we just recited in the Creed, because he is also our high priest. And the rest of the passage tells us why it is important that he is our high priest, who is also divine. He is God. This high priest is not like the other high priests of old who had to offer atonement for themselves in the temple before they could serve as a high priest. Every time they would lead a liturgy, they would first offer sacrifice for their own sins. These other high priests made sacrifices that had to be repeated continuously and 
each and every year. But Christ, Jesus, never sinned. He never, like the Old Testament high priest, died and had to be replaced. He died, but he resurrected and continues, well, in some sense, initiates his high priesthood right then and there. So Christ never sinned, so he didn't have to offer sacrifice for himself. He never dies, and he made a once-for-all sacrifice on the cross at Calvary. So it doesn't matter that Jesus is God to us. It sure does. Because that is how we are redeemed. That once-for-all sacrifice at Calvary was of particular importance to his priesthood and our participation in his priesthood. You see, not with the blood of goats and calves, says Scripture, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Think through that again with me. Listen, not with the blood of goats and calves like the Old Testament high priests, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. He entered into the most holy place. It's called often the Holy of Holies. Just like the high priest before him. Or was it? You see, once a year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle or then when it was built in the temple. Once a year. They would have bells on their vestments. And if their assistants heard no sounds of bells for very long, they would get a little worried. Would you want to go into the Holy of Holies and pick up the body of the high priest who just did something wrong and died? No. So they had a rope tied around his ankle so they could drag him out if need be. He entered into the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, just like the high priest before him, but not. Remember, the greater, more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Christ is not a high priest of the copy of the one true tabernacle or temple. That is, he is not a high priest in the tabernacle and the temple made with hands, but rather he is the high priest of the heavenly tabernacle the original that which from the that which the copy was made from boy did i mess that sentence up sorry the original is in heaven the copy was made by men on earth according to a very clear blueprint a very clear pattern that god gave moses thus jesus entered into the original tabernacle the heavenly temple with the blood of a perfect sacrifice himself to make atonement for our sins. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? If the old covenant system worked with animals, how much more does the new covenant system work with the shed blood of Christ being held up as a sacrifice and offering for us? 
And the interesting imagery is that it's Jesus, the high priest, dressed much, much more fancy than myself, but that's why the vestments are like they are. Where the priest here on earth in front of this earthly altar is imitating what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, our high priest is doing for us. He is standing in front of the altar holding up the sacrifice of himself. So it's double imagery. He's also seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling. Multiple double imageries going on, and you have to keep track of them to understand what the Scripture is telling us. Jesus, the high priest, is standing at the altar, offering up himself, holding himself, the sacrifice once made for all. So who is Jesus? He is our divine high priest. His priestly work was instituted and accomplished during his passion almost 2,000 years ago. And thus we turn to his passion during our season of preparation and begin to contemplate those events with more focus, with more attention, and with more force. Passion Tide extends through Holy Week, and it is there that the passion of our Christ overwhelms us as we go through the gospel accounts of that passion day after day after day in the Eucharistic propers from Monday, Thursday through the week. Excuse me, Palm Sunday through the week. As we turn towards Christ's passion today, let us, let us remember that our psalms for today remind us of our proper response to everything we're seeing. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly, thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. This is the response of the Lenten season and of our lives. Have mercy upon me, O God. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Brothers and sisters, even in this time of Lenten preparation, we are still being fed upon the resurrected Christ. Sundays are a feast day every week during Lent. So though we contemplate the man of sorrows and the pain and death he bore us during this season, we remember that he has already accomplished it and has already cleansed us and continues to do so day by day. We can and we should say with the sons of Korah, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. My friends, this is a tumultuous time in our country and in our communities.
the culture seems to be spinning out of control, doesn't it? The economy seems bent and able to do anything quickly and fearfully. The reality of crazy ideas actually gaining ground and having impact in our daily lives is here and now. The list goes on and on, doesn't it? Yet, still, Christ is our high priest. And Christ remains our sacrifice. He is still calling. He is still promising. Let us respond in real faith, in penitence, and in joy for the salvation he has wrought for us. May we feed on Christ's word heard, and may we feed on the visible word of God in the Eucharist as our Father gives us what we need to live the life he has always called his people to live, even in the most difficult and trying of circumstances. And may our lives lived for his glory grow and advance the kingdom of God by the Spirit of God in us. Let us expect it to. Amen.